0: Well, good morning. Good, morning. good morning! And welcome to New Apila, Hawaii. I hope you are having a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. And uh, at this time, I just want to say uh, just thank you to all of those who uh, serve in our armed forces or who have served in our armed forces. We just want to honor you. We want to celebrate you this weekend. Thank you for your sacrifice so that we can enjoy the freedom that we have today. All right, so can we just give a round of applause for, for our veterans and for those who serve in our armed forces. Yeah, it's, it's tremendous. And like uh, Pastor Marshall said, I'm Pastor Ben, and I'm the youth pastor here at New Hope. And we're going to continue in our series, It's Time, and we'll be talking about It's Time to Go. So uh, I know we don't usually do this, but since I'm a youth pastor, I'm going to try something new. Is that okay? You guys ready? All right. Because we're going we're to laven up the spirit right now. All right. So everybody on this side... When I point to this side, you say, let's. Okay, so let's try it. Okay. When I point to everybody on this side, you guys are going to say, go. Ready? Go. Okay, so you guys got it, right? Okay, so here we go. We're going to try it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, we're going to do it one more time because I know you guys. You gotta bring that soul, you know, the you know, like that, okay? You guys ready? I know it's early in the morning, but let's do this. Alright. Right on, you got, so you guys ready to go? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Are you guys ready to go? Yes. Alright. Well, it is time for us to go. And this morning, we're going to talk about many things, but, uh, you know, that word go, you know, uh, just letting you know, if you don't know who I am, uh, if you don't know me personally, uh, let me just tell you something. I'm a huge superhero geek. If you're not, if you can, if you, if you can uh, zoom in on my shoes, I'm actually wearing Marvel comic book shoes, okay? That's how big of a comic book superhero geek I am, okay? So, uh and so I'm a big superhero geek, and I love superheroes. I love, you know, Iron Man, Hulk, Superman, Batman, all comic book heroes. And, yes, I have seen the new Avengers movie twice already. And, uh, and you know, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it could have been worse. It could have, been, it could have looked something like this. Greatest superhero team, Captain America, Hawkeye, Filipino Thor. Oh, Get ready to take off the biggest and baddest villains and save the world. Oh, what? Uh, what? I just have a bow. How do you expect me to save the world? Uh I just watched this cape. Oh late oh, for Iron Man. Uh I game told for this. Avengers. Age of uh Uh where is Iron Man? Yeah, where is Iron Man? Where's beauty Iron Man? Why don't you just call him? Now if, if that's what Age of Ultra looked like, I would've asked for my money back. Like seriously. And because the reason why I love superheroes is because superheroes, they go out and save the day, right? Every superhero that we ever know of, not one of them said, hey, I'm a superhero because I don't go and go save the day. And I love, I, I love comic books. I love superheroes because of that one reason alone, that superheroes, they use their gifts and talents to go out and help those in need. Now, uh, some people ask me, who is your favorite superhero? And I tell them, well, what are you talking about, the comic book? And if they say, yeah, I go, oh, well, Iron Man is probably my favorite. But my favorite superhero would have to be the one that you can't find in a comic book. My favorite superhero would be the one that wasn't, isn't found in a comic book, but is rather found in the word of life. See, my favorite superhero, the greatest superhero to me, is the one that didn't wear a cape, but instead wore a robe and sandals. See, my favorite superhero didn't just save a bunch of people. He saved all of us. Because the greatest superhero in my, in my mind and in my heart is Jesus Christ. Amen. And you see, the thing is, the truth is that Jesus didn't just save me, but he gave me purpose in my life. He changed my life from the inside out and awakened the calling that he has. Not just for me, but for all of us who believe in him. It's found in what is called the Great Commission. And if you have your Bibles or if you have your notes, you can see it in your notes. In Matthew 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, before Jesus goes into heaven, he gives his disciples this one last order, this one last mission. That he has empowered them by his authority to go. To go and reach the lost and bring them to his kingdom. To build them up that, so that in turn... They would follow Jesus and then save others. He calls the saved to go and save others. Now, I came to this church, to be completely honest, not because I actually wanted to, but I came to this church because one of my best friends invited me. And it took him over a year to continually invite me and invite me and invite me because I continually rejected him. But eventually... I walked onto this property, and I got to know people. And most importantly, I got to know and receive Jesus. And since then, my life has been changed. You see, my friend didn't want me to just come to youth group because, oh, there's a lot of fun, games, and stuff like that. No, he wanted me to come because he wanted me, as his friend, to be saved. He saw all the things that I was going through in my life, and he said, and he he in in his own heart said this, I don't want you to go down that bad path. I don't want you to go down that dark path. I want you to get saved, Ben. And in that moment, my friend was more than my friend. He was my hero. If it wasn't for my friend, I probably wouldn't be here today. And I don't even want to think about where I'd be. You see, Jesus has given us a mission to make disciples and advance the kingdom of heaven here, here on earth. He wants us to reach the lost so that they will find Unconditional love and eternal life. It's not something to relax or just sit complacent in. This is an urgent race that, that he is calling us to run. It's like this. Can you imagine getting ready for a race? You've worked, all, you worked so long to, to prepare for that race. You get to the race. You tie your shoes really tight. You, you take the stance. And the, and the person with the, with the gun goes, all right, you guys ready? On your mark, you're set that's it. Would be poho. See, what is it going to take for us to go and reach the last? And the first, the first step is this, and this is the first point, is it takes action. We got to take action. A couple years ago, uh, I had the honor and privilege to go with my uncle and we went to the, uh, we, we got to go Oahu and we, we went up to the Mighty Mo. The battleship, and then we also went to the USS Arizona Memorial, and I've never been there. As a kid, I never went, and then you know, growing up, you know, in history class, you hear about World War II and you hear about all the stories, that, especially in Hawaii, how we played a role. And when I was when I was standing on on the on the mighty mo and seeing the exact spot where the the Jap- Japanese army surrendered, that was. Really inspiring. But what inspired me the most is when we went to the USS Arizona Memorial. Because I'm there and my uncle who, who, was, who was actually in the Army, he's sharing some stuff with me. And he's like, yeah, you know, they never recovered any bodies. And I was like, I was just, I was just flabbergasted. I was like, what? Like, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know all that. And he said, yeah, these guys, these guys sacrificed their lives and... They're still there. And I thought to myself, man, that is crazy. And if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. You still see the oil seeping up. And it reminds me of World War II. If you think about it, World War II, over 70 years ago, Europe found itself engulfed into another world war. Great Britain and France waged war with Hitler and the German Nazis and the Soviet Union. But interestingly enough, the United States found itself neutral. It condemned Hitler. It condemned the Germans. It condemned Soviet Union. But it would not be until December 8th, 1941, that the United States got involved in the war. Because on December 7th, a day that will live in infamy, Oahu, Pearl Harbor was bombed. So many, I think we we tend to remember Pearl Harbor so much that we forget that before Pearl Harbor, the United States just watched them go to war. We didn't take action until over 2,300 people's lives were sacrificed. I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait that long. See, the word go is an action word. It means to do something. We've come from a, we've come from being a society that plays outside to playing on our smartphones and our iPads. We've come from being just we've come from being couch potatoes to just potatoes. It seems like we're spending more time staying put rather than going out and living life. Now, some of you might not know what this is, and some of you might. Some of you may know what this is. It's not turning on right now. Hey, there it is. Some of you know what this is and some of you might not. This is called a GoPro. And if you have younger ones, you know really what this is because a lot of them are asking for, for it, right? But a GoPro is, is a camera basically that can film and take pictures anywhere you go. It was actually designed for uh, like extreme sports, you know, mountain bike riding and surfing and uh, all these crazy sports and all that. But this GoPro is so versatile. It'll go, it can go with you wherever you want to go. In fact, the interesting thing is it, the actual camera is called a hero. And the tagline for their company is GoPro, be a hero. And it's interesting because it has this waterproof case. It has this hard case that you can basically drop it all over and, and whatnot. And you can film You can take pictures and all this and that. In fact, I'm filming you guys right now, so wave at the camera. (laughs) And, you know, it's funny because the reality is this GoPro was created to go. And you know what? The reality is, so are we. We were not created to just stay put. We were created to go. In fact, in Genesis... It says this, and I love it because I want to read out of the message version. In Genesis 1, 26 to 28, in the message translation, it says this, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings, he created them godlike, reflecting God's nature, he created them male and female. God blessed them. Now hear this part. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth. Take charge. Be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. I, lo- I love it how God blessed them, especially that that last one. Take charge. In other words, God is saying do something. We're meant to do something. Last year during spring break, our youth ministry U-turn, we did this thing called uh, Infiltrate the 808. I know I shared this before, but uh, in this week, what we did was we did several uh, things where we wanted to serve people. So we had a free car wash. Uh, We went to Life Care Center and sang and gave them uh, yarn lays. Uh, We also picked up trash down High High Street. We We did several stuff, but... To me, the greatest highlight was when we came up here and we made Spam Musubis to go out, and then we went out to downtown Hilo, and we just walked around, and we just served it everywhere to whoever was hungry. And it was, so, it was so powerful because we had like 15 youth, 15 youth in junior high and high school that came with us. And I remember we're walking around, we're literally walking around downtown Hilo, and I remember uh, this one kid who actually was just visiting he was right here with his cousin. At the end of it, he looks at me. And he says, "Ben, that was the most—that was the most craziest thing I've ever done." And I looked at him and said, "Well, how do you feel?" He goes, oh, "I feel pretty good. Like, I feel really good. Like I, I did something." And I told him, "You know, you can do that. You can do that all the time. You don't need to wait for for us. You don't need to wait for an adult. You can do that on your own. You can do something." You see, when we get up and we do something, it brings us. Not only closer to the mission at hand, but closer to the heart of Jesus. I love, I love Luke 15 because Luke 15 talks about many stories. And I think we can all relate to them. And in this one, in Luke 15, 1-7, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to Jesus, oh, often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders... When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. When Jesus is referring to the lost, he's referring to people that don't know him and don't know his love. He also refers to them as the ones that get distracted and they get lost along the way. But notice his heart. He doesn't say, oh, let him go. It will be all right. No. He actually gets up, leaves them to go get the one lost sheep. He doesn't sit down. He goes after them. Every last one of them until all are found. If you were to look at the way the world is going, how many would agree that it's not the greatest? It's kind of, you know, it's kind of. There's some junk stuff in the world today. In fact, you know, there's hate, there's evil, there's corruption, there's confusion, and the reality is, it can seem very scary. Uh, there's this song that John Mayer sang a couple years ago, and and uh, it goes like this: We keep waiting. Waiting, waiting on the world to change. Keep on waiting, waiting, waiting on the world to change. Now, I get it. I get it. I get what that song is trying to say, that there's hope that the world's going to change. I, I get it. I love it. But I believe that God wants us to be the agents of hope that go into the world and brings hope. That's what I believe he's calling us to do. Now, instead of waiting on the world to change, I like, I, I'd rather sing this song by Matthew West. And some of you may know it. If not us, then who? If not me and you right now, well, it's time for us to do something. See, I think that song speaks God's heart. That it's us. It's up to us. We get to do something. In Matthew 5.16, it says, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. See, when we get up and we take action, we can show people the light of Jesus that shines in and through us. The second point is this. Be a risk taker. Be a risk taker. I have a joke for you guys, guys, okay? so I just let you guys know. Three psychiatric patients, oh, great, crazy people, all right. Three psychiatric patients are eager to be released from the hospital, but the doctor has an examination of their judgment skills that must be passed in order for them to go home. One by one, he takes them to the edge of a swimming pool without water and tells them to jump in or not. Take the risk or not. He shows them that the pool has no water, but he doesn't tell them because they must choose on their own. The first patient patient looks at the pool and jumps in without hesitation, hurting his ankle. The doctor tells him, sir, you have failed the examination, and therefore you you must stay another year before the next testing. The second patient walks up to the pool's edge, thinks about it, And then jumps in. He hurts his shoulder. Again, the doctor says, sir, you have failed the exam and must stay another year. The third patient walks up to the pool's edge, thinks for a while, shakes his head and says, no way I'm jumping in. The doctor jumped with excitement and joy saying, sir, you have great judgment skills and therefore you are released from the psychiatric hospital. The patient jumped for joy and excitement. And then the the doctor asked the Happy patient, well, what made you decide not to jump into the pool? To which the patient answered, oh, that's easy. I don't know if I swim. <laughs> you see, if we're called to go, we're not only called to take action, but also be a risk taker. Now, I'm not talking about YOLO or you only live once. Because being a risk taker doesn't mean that we do foolish, dumb stuff. It means we make our lives mean something in the eyes of Jesus. To do something good, but putting, on our, putting ourselves on the line involves taking risks. We can't experience Jesus without taking risks. And, if, and others won't be able to experience Jesus if we're not willing to take risks for them. Now... We've all heard the term leap of faith, right? We've all heard that term leap of faith. But my question to you this morning is this. Have you ever heard of faith of leap? Have you ever heard that term, Term faith of leap? Because having a faith of leap means this. It means that we trust God no matter what, no matter where he wants us to go. To have a faith of leap means to be a risk taker. And this is found in the father of our faith. Abraham. In Genesis 12, 1-3, it says this. The Lord has said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who, you ble- who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. If you were to look at Abraham's life, you would see all the risks he took and see the blessings that followed. It's because he had a faith of leap, not just a leap of faith. He had a faith of leap. And we're part of those blessings. When we have a faith of leap, we can take risks. We can end up leaving a legacy for Jesus Christ for years to come. I remember this story that a pastor wrote. And it's actually not about him. It's actually about his brother. And so he's sharing that on a Sunday afternoon after church is done, his brother goes and, and they're, they're leaving church. And uh, in, this, in his car, it's filled his wife, his kids. And so they come, to the, they come to an intersection. And across the street, they see another car with two teenage girls in it. Well, the car with the teenage girls starts going into the in- intersection when all of a sudden, it gets blindsided by this big SUV And gets hit. The driver gets flown from the car and immediately dies. But the other girl is still trapped in the vehicle. Now, the pastor writes that his brother, just filled with the horror of just seeing what took place in front of him, without hesitation, got out of his car and ran to the other teenage girl who was trapped in the car, which by this time has now caught on fire. And as he's pulling and tugging at, at the seatbelt, trying to get her out, he finally does while the entire car by then is engulfed in flames. At any second, the car could blow. And the story hits the local town and everybody starts talking about it. They start praising his brother as being a local hero. And then the pastor asks his brother, hey, why did, what, what, what made you do that? I mean, you're with your family, you're with your, your kids, your wife, and and you see this happen and it's a complete stranger. What made you get out of the car? And this is what he said. He said, Well, because when the car's on fire, you go. When the car's on fire, you go. See, the reality is that for many people, their cars are on fire. Who is willing to risk their lives to save them? We can choose to be comfortable, or we can choose to be a risk taker. I love the story of Esther. Here's this Jewish woman who, through a bunch of circumstances, becomes the queen of Persia. Hiding her faith from the king, all goes well until an evil plot is hatched by Haman, the prime minister of Persia. Because Mordecai, Esther's uncle, doesn't bow down to him, Haman hatches a plan to annihilate all of the Jews. Mordecai explains the plot to Esther, encouraging her, to go to the king on behalf of all the Jews. Now, here's where it gets tricky. Picture this. Esther is the queen. Life is good. She's comfortable. She's living in the palace. You know, life is easy for her. But for her people, they stand on the brink of extinction. She, can, she, cannot, she has a choice. She cannot say anything and live this nice, comfortable life Or she can tell the truth and possibly get killed. She takes the risk and in the end, Haman gets what he has coming for him. While the Jews get saved. But there's a key scripture that Mordecai says to Esther and it's found in Esther 4.13.14. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all of the Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this? Who knows if perhaps you were made queen just such a time as this? Who knows if perhaps you were made employee for just such a time as this. Who knows if perhaps you were made a mother for just such a time as this. Who knows if you're perhaps you were made a boss for just such a time as this. Who knows if you were made a student for just such a time as this. You see, perhaps you are where you are because God is calling you to be a risk taker. And share the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around you. Similarly to Esther, Peter also risked. He risked coming back to Jesus after denying him three times. He risked being called a failure, a hypocrite, and he also risked being unloved. But his risk proved to be beneficial. For not only does Jesus restore Peter, but also gives him the commission to carry out for the rest of his life. John 21, 15, 17, after Jesus... Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. You see, if we risk our lives for Christ, then we must risk our lives for the ones that he loves. You and I are called to be risk takers and go out and reach the lost. I remember this one time, Katie and I went to Hapuna with a bunch of our friends and uh, you, know, we, you know, we spent the whole day swimming there. <clears throat> and at a certain point, I got hungry. You know, we're at the beach. I got hungry. I want to spend be. And so I get out of the water. Katie's still in the water. She's swimming. And I go find stuff to eat. I'm sitting down on the sand, and I'm watching, and I'm seeing her. And, and by this time, the waves start picking up. I mean, when I was in the water, the waves were picking up already. But by this time, the waves start picking up. And so I look at Katie. My wife, and I'm like, I wonder if she's okay. Ah, she's okay. And I looked at her again, and you know that, fear, that look of fear in your eyes? I saw that come upon her, and I was like, oh, she's not okay. I better go do something before she dies. <laughs> and so I got up and I ran after her, and by the time I got to her, she's like, I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I was having fun getting, getting smashed by the waves, but not fun anymore. I was like, what are you doing? You know? And, I, and, and the reality is, I went out there. Now, I understood. If she was really in trouble, the lifeguards would have went and, you know, would have been horrible. But I went because I love her. Now, I'm not the greatest swimmer. Thank the Lord I'm buoyant. But <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not the greatest swimmer, but I'm, I can float. So, I, but I, I, you know, I, you know, I did my Baywatch impression, you know. You know, I never go anywhere. I had to swim a little bit harder to get there, but it, I got her, and you know, I, I swam back with her, and then you know, she was fine. I risked drowning. I don't know how I would have drowned though, but anyway. But I risked, I risked, I risked myself because I loved, I love Katie. and that's the third point. Do everything with love. Do everything with love. One of my life scriptures is is found in 1 Corinthians 16 13, 14. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. Do everything with love. See, Christ has called us to go. But not only is it important to take action and be a risk taker, it also comes down to how we do it. You catch more ants using sugar than salt. First John 4.8 says this, but anyone who, does not love, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. See, God is love. Jesus is that physical representation of God's love. Therefore... If we have Jesus in our lives, we too must represent his love to all of his people. And I get it. It's not easy. I know it's not easy. I mean, there are times that in trying to reach people, they drive us crazy, right? We like wring their necks. I know. I work with youth. There are times where I tell them straight, I'm going to baptize you off the tower at Coconut Island. I love you. I'm going to baptize you off the tower of Coconut Island. But the reality is, all joking aside, we are commissioned to reach the ends of the earth and do it by loving people. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. A man comes up to Jesus and says this. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. All your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. See, Jesus explains that it comes down to two things. Love God and love people. It is that love for God that should be the fuel for us to go and love people reach people with love. We can't force people to come to Jesus because that's not even his plan for us. We can't poke and prod him and say, hey, hey come to Jesus, come to Jesus. We can't do that because I don't think that's how we came. Or I know that's not how I want to come to Jesus. He wants us to choose to follow him out of our own free will. Now, there's a story in Luke 15 that Jesus shares That shows how we are to reach the lost by loving them. And I love this story. And many of us, we know it. But I'm going to just read it. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding to the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you and i am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, "Quick, bring me the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found." Some of you know that story as the prodigal son. And in it, we get to see the heart of the father and how he loves his wayward son. The father just pours out his love on his son who lost his way. Not once does his father say, hey, so we're all my money. Hey, we're all the stuff I gave you. Not once does the father bring up any mistakes that the son made. Not once does the, the father even tell his son, you're a fool. No. No. He just loves them. And that's what those who are lost need from us. They need us to step up to the plate and reach them with love. All in the name of Jesus. I share with you that 1 Corinthians, that scripture is one of my life scriptures. And this right here is another one. John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I love that. I love how how Jesus says it's your love that's going to determine whether or not you really are my disciple or not. It's not what we do. It's not what the task that we do. It's not our accomplishments. It's not what we know. It's not even our titles. It's our love for one another that will show who we really are. You might be here this morning and maybe you're feeling like you are one of the lost. Maybe you're looking at your life and you feel that you're in need of saving. The beauty is that the greatest superhero of all time wants to save you. He took action and came here for you. He risked the comforts of heaven and gave his life for you. Because he loves you no matter what. Perhaps it is time for us to go. Perhaps it's time for you to go and let him into your life. When we come together and love one another, doing everything with love, we can reach every single person to the ends of the earth. When we step out and take risks, we put our faith in God. And help share that faith to others. When we take action and do something, we let the light of Jesus shine in us so that people would see him in us. The reality is that we're all called to be heroes of our faith. Now, you may have heard in in that short video... The Avengers asking, where's Iron Man? Well, the truth is that the real Iron Man is in this room. The real Iron Man and women are in these seats. Because just like it says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, So does one bless another. My heart to you guys is this this morning. It's time that we stop sitting down. It's time that we take action. It's time it's time that we stop being comfortable and take risks. And it's time that in everything that we do, we do it with love. Because when we can do that, we can go. So get ready, get set, because it's time to go, amen? I'm gonna ask you to bow your close your eyes. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. And some of us in this room today, maybe we're saying, Lord, I'm lost. I've been lost for a long time. I don't know what to do. But I believe it's time for me to go and start to pursue you with all that I am. That I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again because you love me. And that I'm ready to accept you in my life as my Lord and Savior. And if there's anyone in here this morning that would say, that is me, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand that we could pray for you. See you back there. Good, good. Good. Lord sees you. Put your hands down. Many of us in here, we may have accepted Jesus Christ, but now he's saying, good job. And now it's time for us to go. Can I encourage you this morning to go all out for Jesus? Lord, we come to you this morning, Lord. And Lord, I pray for those who this morning have accepted you into their lives. I pray, Lord, that you would just open their hearts and speak to them. Holy Spirit, fill them. Let them know that now you are with them to guide them, to lead them, to love them. Pray, Lord, that for everyone in this room this morning, we, as we leave here, That we would go and be the church that you have called and commissioned us to be, one that takes action, that takes risks, and does everything with love. Lord, we thank you for for setting the example for us. For over two thousand years ago, Lord, you took action. You saw us in need of you, and so you came to this world. You risked your throne in heaven for us because you love us. Lord, may we follow your example. May you guide our hands and feet so that in all that we do, Lord, we glorify you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for being our great God. We lift you up in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen, amen.